right? Relationships. And it all goes down to, to those relationships, me building that with the broker. And then, you know, he knew the people at the bank um, personally. And, you know, we sat down and discussing options and they, they offered that. And we're like, yeah, that's, you know, and at, and at what, four and a half percent. I mean, right. I, I can't remember your typical small community bank. And we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll be refinanced in, in less than two years, you know, which we did. We were 15 months later, we were financed. So. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Talee, and my guests today are Julian Sanchez and Andres Duarte. Welcome, guys. Afternoon, and thanks for having us. I'm super excited to have you guys. Uh, I've known Julian for a while now. We go to the same meetups and uh, we hang out at the same conferences. And I am watching him grow, but I never knew Andres. He was the, the ghost partner. And finally, I met him <laughs> a month ago, and I'm delighted. I'm so happy to have you, Andres. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. And I'm the one behind the teams. I'm, I'm the one. Uh, He's the brains of the operation. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I'm, I'm always on my computer just running numbers. Running numbers. Everybody <laughs> needs somebody that runs the numbers. Yeah. Awesome. So I would love for Julian and Andres to uh, tell us a little bit about their background. Uh, let's start with Julian. Uh, how, how did you, what did you do before and how did you get into real estate? I was engineer by profession. My last job was project manager for a large multinational company in the energy sector. But uh, I started real estate just out of, you know, first time in my life, I had some extra money. Like, hey, there's surplus in, in the bank account. So research, research, real estate seemed the right way. Um, I was looking into it, learning, reading books, listening to podcasts just like yours. Met Andres at a, at a meetup in Del Rey, the one well we, we've been to before, and uh, he was doing, um, he already had some properties in Ohio and wanted to go bigger into commercial multifamily. And I said, hey, that's what I want to do. And we started looking at deals together, took our first one down. Actually, it's today, three years ago today, we closed our, uh, yeah, 940 in Illinois. Right. But, um, and that was, that was my background. And nowadays, I mean, this is what I, this is what we're doing full time, just acquiring more properties and, uh, trying to make, um, looking to grow the business. Awesome. So what about you, what about you, Andres? Tell me a little bit about your background and how did you get into real estate? Well, my background is in finance. I've been working, uh, uh, in wall street for multiple, multiple years, more than uh, 16, 17 years of experience in, running numbers uh, uh, and all the stuff with uh, with Wall Street. So my background is very complex in that sense, uh, running numbers and analyzing deals and stuff like that. And I started managing uh, money for people, uh, high net worth individuals in South America. So we tried to, in, in, in my spectrum, looking at possible investments, uh, there was always the opportunity to just go into real estate and because of that, uh, they offered the institutional money, like REITs and stuff like that. But I said, well, why well, we don't try to go directly? And that's how I started in real estate, buying properties like that for myself and my investors. 
and the rest is history pretty much. We've been doing it for the last four years, more or less. Uh, and I met then Julian and then we tried to just look into the commercial side and that's where we are right now. Awesome. And how many uh, units do you guys own together right now? Right now we have a uh, hundred units on apartments and we are closing on an ALF, an assisted living facility. And that 71 was bed. 71. That's 71. awesome. That is awesome. And you know, I'm always preaching uh, to network and to go to meetups and to meet people. And this is an amazing example of how just going to a meetup on a regular basis, you guys met there and now are partners and buying real estate. I personally have met a couple of my partners uh, on the meetup also. So it's an amazing way to network and meet people that are serious about investing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The Deal. So let's talk about the deal. What deal are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, we had 34 units in Jonesboro, Arkansas that uh, we closed May last year and then recently came full cycle now with it a couple months ago, finished the refinance. Um, we had some investor money in, returned our investor money out, had some refinance proceeds for ourselves and uh, still continue to own a cash flowing uh, asset. That is amazing, but let's, let's di digest this a little bit easier. So how did you find this property, Julian? It is, you know, and Andres have done, you know, market studies, uh, looking into where should we invest next. And uh, Arkansas is a great state in terms of it's very landlord friendly. So it's has great. Uh, it's a great place to invest in that sense, and particularly Jonesboro, the city we're invested in. It's a small MSA, but with a lot of growth, with a lot of growth happening, um, and it has for the last decade or, or more. Um, so he found that we went to look at some properties. Um, typically, you know, I went um, boots on ground, looked at a few deals first met some brokers, established those relationships. Um, and at first we were looking at one big deal, 106 units. Long story short, that fell through. But then I kept that relationship with Spencer, our broker, who basically this deal was a bank foreclosure. The bank came to him to sell it. And he basically just kept it for us. You know, this was going to be for us. And he didn't show it to no one else. And that was the great part of it, the best part of it, because it was a hairy deal. It was a lot of renovation needed, et cetera, et cetera. But he didn't market it out to no one else. And, and that's amazing. So, you know, a lot of the deals are, you know, found with brokers. And I yeah. think, you know, those relationships, forming those relationships are so important, right? For you to find it, this deal, it was off market. <clears throat> you are the only one who got it. Yeah, all our deals have been found through brokers and I've done a little bit of the research and homework to skip trace and call owners myself and done that. I haven't had any luck. All our deals have come from good broker relationships. Amazing. And Andres, uh, tell us a little bit about the market research that you did. What do you look in a market when you are looking for opportunities? Well, pretty much it's just uh, just 
looking uh, the growth of the market. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's, uh, it's a big market or a tertiary market like uh, Julian just mentioned, but the fact that it's growing, what is the unemployment rate? Uh, what are the projections of growth? Why are, why are people moving in or out of the state? And all that data is, is available online you know, through census.gov or different things like that. Um, so we were looking into this and that is specific prop, uh, uh, town specifically, for example, the unemployment rate is, is much lower than the average nationwide. So that was something very interesting. Uh, I, uh, I was looking, uh, what was the actual employment? How many companies were employing over there? It's not just one company employing in, in town, even though it's a small town, there are multiple companies employing there. So that was another factor. And just see what the income stream is from investments, from uh, earned income, what is the main income stream for the population there? That's pretty much what we look into that. And that's why we like uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas in that sense for that investment. Awesome. All right. So now you have the property, you found it. Uh, what asset class was this property? Uh, it was, yeah, multifamily. It was 34 units, um, ranch style. Uh, yeah. A, B, C? Oh, that's what you're talking about. Um, C minus, almost D. Almost D. <laughs> the, the area is, is, is in a C plus, B minus area, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, the property was totally distressed. I mean, um, yeah, it was. For, well, it was a foreclosure. So that was kind of like your goal to take it from there and move it to a, a C plus or maybe a B minus. Yeah, fix it up. There were squatters in many of the units. I mean, and it was probably what? Out of the 34, there were probably, I don't know, 12 units occupied. Wow. Give or take. Yeah. And then, yeah, a few squatters in the others. Um, no one paying the bank just basically didn't care if they collected or not. So, you know, people got used to living for free. Then we had to evict through COVID. It was fun. So how did you get rid of the squatters? Because I always hear that squatters are a big problem. Yes, they, they were a big problem, but, uh, we just, uh, property manager, let me see. Yeah. We local attorney, that was a difficulty because they had to get served in, in, Arkansas um, for you to evict somebody, someone has to physically give them the notice. Um, and many of them just weren't, you know, they're professionals at this. And anytime they were going to look for them, they would hide or not open the door and this kind of thing. But ultimately it was just, yeah, a big attorney cost, but they, it got taken care of after, after a while, after they did some damage to the properties, broke a lot of windows, stole copper out of the AC units, what else? Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because not for this property, but in another one, we had the same problem. And the first thing that we did was just to offer them money, cash. Yeah, we did. So we'll give them cash for hundred dollars. Yeah. And just leave now. And they were like, most of them like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's an option as well. You know? yeah, I did that in a property and they were drug addicts and I didn't know until you know, they moved in and then like a police neighbor was like, hey, they are like doing drugs in there. I'm like, really? I mean, that was so naive. <laughs> so I was just went one day and I'm like, hey guys, if you move out by Friday, I will give you your deposit cash. And they were like, 
okay, we're moving on Friday. <laughs> that was that was what we did in Illinois. That was our first our first deal. But yeah, we just because the whole building needed to be redone everything so we just went to the five tenants that were in the building hey was 400 bucks hey 500 yeah, something like that or 500 if you're gone by next week and we also gave them and, and they're like everybody took it yeah sure boom right so what was the price of the unit that you got and what was the market price of a unit uh you know once you fixed it up per, per unit per unit that's a, that's a good question uh, oh, 865 <laughs> right 34 so remember heavily distressed <laughs> so yeah twenty-five thousand per door as it was and so yeah we just recently refinanced valuation was 2.2 65 per door so wow that is like more more than twice the price that's right. how you create, right. that's how you create value amazing all right so tell me a little bit of how did you take this what did you do in the units like how did you find them and what renovations did you do to go from a twenty-five thousand per door to a sixty-five thousand per door valuation we're talking almost everything i mean there were burnt units three burnt units everything had to be done uh two roofs let me see one of them had also the gas was redone so anything you can imagine uh all new kitchens and pretty much all of them um many yeah ac units many of them have window ac units the smaller the the one ones uh but yeah basically everything you can imagine inside had to be done everything um yeah <laughs> new bathrooms uh bathrooms, kitchen doors, uh, so it was yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, even though it's a full rehab for these properties, uh, sometimes people think that it's a it's a full flip, and you don't go when it's a rental. You don't have to go that high in value. Uh, it's not an entire flip, so you don't have to convince new buyers for that. You pretty much just gonna rent it out, you know. So you're just doing the kitchen, uh, the floors, painting, uh, bedroom, and just make it functional. And with that, we spend. Like uh, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars per door. Yeah, win well, that, mm-hmm. win that, and then uh, yeah, uh, that's that's full functional, and then that was it. Then the process came to just fill those units up. Wow, that's amazing! So you got it for twenty five thousand, then you added twelve to thirteen thousand per, per unit. So that's around thirty seven thousand per unit. Uh, not counting the holding costs because you had a renovation going on for how long? About well, we bought in May. We're probably all done about April, and then fully filled all the units around June, if I'm not mistaken. And then we commenced the refinance process. Right. May, okay. May or June. Yeah. Amazing. So how how did you finance this type of deal? Because you basically had. Uh, building that was less than 50% occupied. You had squatters and then you had people paying only $400 that probably, you know, were not paying any rent. How do how did you finance this deal? The bank, the bank did the bank that they had foreclosed on that, that owned it. Um, <clears throat> we had searched different options, but it was in such heavy distress and that, and then COVID happened. So we had a lender lined up that we had worked with before, 
um, that does this kind of deal. They're a large REIT out of California. So they was going to give us the purchase price for a very large construction loan. But then COVID happened and they kind of, you know, many lenders, you know, took, took a break basically uh, from, from business. Um, the bank wanted to get this off their books. You know, it's, it's not good for banks to hold real estate. And they came back and were explained the situation. I'm talking with one of the presidents of the bank. It's a small bank. Um, and, and I'm like, this is the situation. We want to close. But right now, our lender just backed away. Um, what can we do? And he's like, listen, we can, if you show us funds and keep it in an in a account at the bank um, for what you will use for construction, we will finance the purchase for you. So basically we had no money down there. And then we raised the capital from investors to do all the rehab. Amazing. So yeah. you had zero down with the bank? Is yeah. that what you said? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. So, you know, the bank didn't want to own it. So they actually offer you to finance a hundred percent of it as long as you could have money for the renovation. Right. Relationships. And it all goes down to to those relationships, me building that with a broker. And then, you know, he knew the people at the bank um, personally. And, you know, we sat down and discussing options and they, they offered that. And we're like, yeah, that's, you know, and at, and at what, four and a half percent. I mean, right. I, I can't remember your typical small community bank. And we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll be refinanced in, in less than two years, you know, which we did. We were 15 months later, we were financed. So, Amazing. Um, so did you have to negotiate the price at all or that, you know, they gave you, this is the price and that's, yeah, it, it was already, I mean, it, it was already so low, you know, 25,000 a door, you don't find anywhere nowadays. Um, so we saw what needed to be done and we had kind of a budget, but it's deals like that. You know, we, we put the amount of money we did per door and then you see we more than doubled the, the valuation. So it's like, you know, we had ample room to, to screw up per se, or, you know, for contingencies, uh, construction costs, they always go higher. There's always unexpected things. There's always something, but we had so much room to play that we're like, this, this is a great deal, regardless of what we do. You know, your underwriting doesn't have to be that precise for something like this. Correct. There was a lot of runway. And how much money did you have to raise for the renovation and how long did it take you to do that? For the whole package. Half a million when we run all the numbers, including uh, within, within, within that, we actually were looking at uh, the interest that we had to pay to the investors. So when mm -hmm. we run the numbers, it was, okay, half a million, we're going to be fine. And that's what we did. We 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 rose those five hundred uh, five hundred thousand uh, dollars at a nine ten percent. A nine preferred, uh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't even a preferred. It was just nine fixed. And the fact is, I I told the investor, listen, here's the here's the issue. I cannot offer you. It's a total distressed property. This is not stabilized. So it's a that I can offer you a nine percent for the next two years, and then after that, uh, I'll return all your money back. And you will be part of 10% of any proceeds. And they were like, okay, fine. And uh, we knew that we could deliver before that. And that's exactly what we did. One year after that, uh, that's when we refinanced the property, giving the money to our investors. They're very happy because 
before that period of the two years is when I returned the money to them. And, and that was it. Now they participate just on only 10% of the proceeds. 90% is for us. Amazing. But they, but they have all their money back. They're all their investment. They've been returned. They received their interest during this time. And yeah, they continue to own in perpetuity that small portion of the real estate. So the, the return is infinite from now on because they have Absolutely. no money. In. Yeah, that's a great way because they, they not only got the return of their money quicker than, you know, the two years. So their return on their investment was, you know, faster, but then they also kept 10% of the deal and the return is infinite because they have no money invested on the deal anymore. Yep. And you guys have also an, uh, uh, an infinite return because you had no money on the deal whatsoever. Uh, so guys, if you, <laughs> you, you are always asking yourself how to get a deal with zero money down of your own pocket, like this is the way to do it. You know, they did it and they did an amazing job. They, you know, bought it for 25, put 12 to 13 and then sold it or refinanced for 65. So not only they had a lot of equity, you know, they, they pushed the value up, but you are now cash flowing um, and you had no money into the, that is amazing. Yeah, we continue um, to own the asset instead of selling, you know, which is, you know, it's not what we're looking for. Absolutely. So what's your plan with this property? Now that you have refinanced it, you recovered all the money, paid your investors. What's the plan for it? What's the exit strategy? Refi in five years again and pull out more money. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's we're we don't, yeah, we're not interested in selling any of the properties. Uh, we want to keep creating passive income that way. So, but yeah, every five years, we will try to see how interest rates are, are looking and then refi a lot of money and then continue um collecting to buy more. yeah because everything will continue to go up and, and you've seen right. we've all seen how much real estate has gone up just in the last i mean just this year so i mean that trend is likely to continue whether some people think it's going to crash or whatever happens you know real estate always goes up yeah but, but it doesn't really matter even if it crashes because at this point you are Cash flowing, yeah, and it doesn't really matter what the market does because your numbers work right now. So they right. are con gonna continue to work. And if you have an opportunity to refinance again and pull more cash, that's free money, tax-free money, not only free money, but tax-free tax -free money. money. You don't have to pay taxes on it. So that is amazing. Yeah, right. Uh, so that is incredible, incredible, guys. Congrats on that deal. Thanks. So I'm going to ask you now, I want you to share with me your productivity hack. This is the one thing that you have done in your business that has taken you to the next level. Uh, well, what I can say is that we actually uh, have a property management in-house. Uh, and with that is that we are from South America, both of us. Uh, and we were fortunate to create a team over there. So pretty much everything is managed down there. Uh, their current uh, wages, which are extremely low, uh, and we we can keep that here. Uh, so right now, our cost is, for that property management team is probably one percent. Uh, we pay we pay we pay two three percent, but the actual cost is like one percent. 
So it's extremely cheap. So you cannot find property managers here that charge you 1%. That little, absolutely. That. So that's probably what we're doing. Uh, we've been growing the team right now, uh, hiring quality people down there. But these days with technology, that's what you can do, you know? You don't have to have, uh, of course you need boots on the ground for but maintenance and, and those kind of people. Yeah, of course you're gonna have them over there. Uh, but the main uh, core of those of the property management is located in South America. Amazing. So you have in-house but remote property management for your properties and the cost is 1%. Amazing. And then the vendors are on, you know, they're local, so but they, they call them. If there's an issue, there's whatever, toilet, AC, so they'll just pass on whatever the tenant needs. Hey, go, make sure it gets done, send a picture, video, get the invoice, pay them. That's it. So how do you deal, like, you know, do you have a 24-7 um, call or do you have a schedule? How do you deal with, like, is there any change in time? Nine to five, yeah, Easter time. Nine to five, they're going to work nine to five. And that's it. Saturdays, half a day. That's it. Other emergencies or anything like that, it never happens. I mean, in case there's something, I don't know, plumbing issue, unless it's a big, big issue, well, we will have a team over there who can, Respond, but respond. More than that, yeah, more than that. Yeah, it works pretty, pretty nicely. Awesome. And on top of that, we have Airbnbs, which are run over there as well. Wow. Uh, with properties here, so but that works. Yeah, that's incredible because Airbnb is labor intensive, right? Like you have a lot of turnover, so you know, being able to manage it from abroad, you know, it's it's incredible. <laughs> Very cost effective. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the, the whole idea with this business with real estate is it's not the actual physical labor. It's more like the management. As long as you put a good management team and you just uh, on top of things all the time. We are the type of we're working twenty. We are working twenty four seven, just trying to see how we can uh, facilitate and mitigate problems and just you know uh, things of that nature. So it's just management. At the end of the day, just management. So we just go, when we acquire a property, we just go on site, look for vendors. We spend a week looking for vendors, plumbers, electricians, all stuff. And we have a bunch of vendors and we give it to the property manager. Here, here, here are the, the vendors. You deal with them. Sayonara. <laughs> you have options A, B, C. So in case one's not available, six, something, you have, you have various options for, for all of them, you know. So. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're having multiple properties with multiple units, you you can, you know, start trying the people and if they don't work out, then the next time you use the, the other one, you know, you have, a, have you know, a lot of options. Awesome. And since we're in multiple states, so you we do this work, you know, we do this homework in each new market that we get in to establish those relationships, know the people you got to have, your brokers, your attorneys, your, exactly, all your other vendors we mentioned before. So... Because you're gonna need them, but that's just the legwork that's that's done. Absolutely. Expert tips. All right, so now we are in the part of the show where you guys are gonna share three expert tips, and Julian and Andres are gonna uh, share three expert tips on how to find capital. Capital. Okay. Wow. Julian. 
Um, <laughs> first, we've done a recent deal that we closed in Ohio. It was just one capital partner. So it goes back to what I was saying, relationships in this business. You're just knowing people. And, and so one guy, a friend in common that, that we have, uh, Mitch, he had recently sold a property in, in Denver and he needed to do a 1031 exchange. You know, he needed to put his money in, a, in another bigger deal. So uh, he didn't get taxed on those gains. Uh, we're having lunch, breakfast at the Breakers. And uh, he mentions that. And I'm like, hey, we have this deal in Ohio. Do you want to come in as, you know, you put up the money and we take care of the rest. And that's where, and that's what we did. We closed on that a couple months ago, two, three months ago now. So that's, 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 a, that was a great, you know, it forms a great partnership and it's someone we know and he needed, he needed to put that money to work. We needed, you know, cash to, for, to close this deal. So it worked out well. All right. So number one, networking. <laughs> Correct. Well, number two, I guess, is networking. I mean, most of my uh, investors are in Central and South America. So the tip that I would have is how you can help them to bring the money to the States. Uh, you just don't say, hey, you want to invest with us? And you, because most of the people want to, want to do that. They want to invest their money, but they don't know how the mechanism, the legality and everything. So you have to go, one more step and, and explain and help them and try to find the connections that they need in order to bring the money here, how they can make the deposit, how they can create an LLC, how they can do that. So you just, you have to go an extra step. I mean, you know, and the, because of that, they actually um, trust you even more if you're helping in things that you don't have to, but it's, right. a, it's a good option to do it. Right. So you're facilitating something that really hard for them to do because it takes a lot of research. And, you know, I get the same thing. I have a lot of people that want to invest uh, with me, but they don't know how to do it. So I end up having to, you know, do the research. And uh, so facilitating that, you know, gets you to, to access to more capital. You got to be a facilitator. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Number three, Julian, what else? What Number three know? is, I guess, just, and, and this is something I actually have not been doing that much, is just putting it out there, putting out there what you're doing, what you're up to, because you just never know. And in my case, again, I haven't been posting much on social media up until recently. I just kind of like my privacy and didn't want people to know what I was up to. But because I started doing that just out of nowhere, a family member who lives in the, in the UK, um, just approach me out of, you know, I totally unexpected. Hey, I see what you're doing. Um, I, I like what you're doing. Uh, I got this money, uh, just sitting here. I don't trust, I don't know how to invest. I don't trust anything here in the UK to put my money in. Um, could I invest with you? And we're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, she's part of, you know, we're the assisted living facility we're closing at the end of this month, she, she invested with us. Amazing. So the third trip is putting it out there. Put it out, put it out there. Being. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So important because people don't read your mind. They don't know what you're doing. And know. if you don't share, they have no idea. Uh, you might be just the solution that they were looking for. Uh, and and ex that's exactly right. Because you're, that that's exactly right. It's You're not asking, you ask for money or, or you're providing a solution. Um, to someone that, yeah, just had some money sit in the bank, um, 
not making any money. We know banks don't, don't make you any money, but instead she like, they didn't know how or what to invest in. And so, yeah, you're providing an option, a solution, like you said. Absolutely. All right, guys, it was amazing to have you on the show. Uh, you know, we get to hang out on a monthly basis, at least <laughs> if we don't need more because we are always in the same circles and I really enjoy uh, seeing you guys grow and, and, you know, getting bigger and, and getting more properties. And I know we're going to do something together soon. So we all grow together. Yes, absolutely. So tell people where can they find you online? Well, Julian, uh, we our website is uh, elancapital.us, E-L-A-N, the word capital.us. Uh, my social media is andresduarte.ec, uh, either at Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Uh, same. Well, the website, uh, my Instagram is jsanchez0510, both Instagram, both Facebook as well. Um That's all we have for now. Might start a YouTube channel. I don't know. <laughs> And you, you can find Julian at least at the uh, at my meetup, the third Wednesday of the month. Yeah. Uh, he comes pretty find... regularly. We cannot get Andres to show up. I don't know why. You can find Julian everywhere in South Florida. In real life. <laughs> so don't worry about it. You're going to meet him. If you go to one real estate event, he's going to be there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, if you are enjoying this episode, please make sure to like it and share it on social media. And I think this was an amazing episode. I mean, buying a property with zero down from your own money amazing amazing so we'll see you on the next episode bye thank you Annette. thank you Annette. thank you Annette. take care bye this was deal closers with annette tali brought to you by tali investments we hope that you enjoyed this episode our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com where you can find this episode and more did you like this episode subscribe like and share